Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. As we begin, let's pray. God, thank you so much for our time together. I thank you for each person that's watching this broadcast and for anyone that may watch this via a rebroadcast. But Lord, uh, your church is not within walls. Your church is the people. We've already had folks coming up this morning and making sure that they were giving their offering and giving us some encouragement for this service today. And some are even watching today. And so, Lord, I just uh, thank you so much for everybody that's here and those that will watch it. And Lord, may your word be multiplied, Lord, for it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the coronavirus has impacted our world like nothing we've ever seen and nothing we've ever dreamed either. Uh, The effects of it will be long lasting. But as believers, as believers in Jesus Christ, we can have hope today. Not only can we have hope today, but we can spread that hope as well. You see, God is in the middle of this coronavirus And he is calling people like you and me to return to him. I want to share a few verses with you this morning that will kind of give us some perspective on what's going on. If you brought your Bibles or you're pulling up a Bible on your web browser there, BibleGateway.com is a good one. Bible.com is a good one as well. Uh, Or if you're the old school and just have your Bible open with you, go to Exodus 20, verses 18 through 21. Yep, Exodus 20, 18 through 21. And our first point here is that God uses life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. God uses life to realign our devotion to him. And we see in Exodus 20, 18 through 21, this is a popular passage Especially the first half of it, because it is where we find God's Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions, but the Ten Commandments. And they are not to restrict our lives, but to help us live the life at the fullest God has created us to live by living according to his rules. I don't know about you, but if you get a car or you get a washing machine, whatever you get, if you want to use those things to the best of their ability, you read the owner's manual and you do what the manufacturer recommends. And this is what the Ten Commandments are for us. But right after Moses delivered God's Ten Commandments, the people became very fearful of God, which is is not uncommon in the Old Testament is that when God would show himself, if people were to see him in all of his glory, they would surely die. That is why we needed Jesus. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But let's read Exodus 20, verses 18 through 21. It says, When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. You see, when God's power is on display, it reminds us of something. It reminds us that we have no control. It reminds us that this is what causes fear, is when we lose control of a situation. Just like flying on a plane or being in a boat. When those wheels get off the runway, I think to myself, oh well, we're in God's hands now. And actually it's up to the pilot or the captain of the ship we are, we are powerless. We are at the mercy of those that are guiding those, those vehicles. 
And the truth of the matter is, is that we are at the mercy of God in everything. And the coronavirus shows us this. The coronavirus shows us that we are not the God of our own destiny. That there is someone much higher and much further above that is in control. Now, if we resume the passage, it says in verse 19, And they said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen. But don't let God speak directly to us, or we will die. Don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in a way to test you so that you fear him and he will keep you from sinning. So as the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. Just like Moses said in the scripture, times like this that we are in are designed and meant to test us, to test our faith, to test our control issues. They are meant to give us perspective, the perspective that he is in control. Now, many of us know what it meant to fear our parents when we would do something wrong and we would we would misbehave and we would hear something to the effect of just wait till I talk to your parents or just wait till your mom gets home, wait till your dad gets home. And we would we would live in fear, wondering what we were going to get, whether it be a timeout or a spanking or whatever you believe in as far as. Uh, raising your kids or what your parents taught you. But the thing is, is that we feared the punishment, but it didn't mean we didn't love them. As a matter of fact, in that punishment, it showed that our parents did love us. And when you punish your children in whatever way you punish them, it is showing that you love and you're showing them ground rules and structures and ways to navigate of what is right and what is wrong. And that's what God does with us. God loves you. And God loves me. God doesn't send the coronavirus because he hates us. He doesn't hate anyone, but he sends things like this that are out of our control for us to remember that he is in control and that he loves us. You see, times like these let us know that God means business. In the New Testament, Jesus healed every disease and every sickness, as well as the plagues. He also Uh, Just as God chose to use plagues and disease to show his power in the Old Testament, Jesus healed people to show his power and his authority as the Son of God. But the coronavirus may, may or may not be a biblical plague, but it is an attention getter. Had somebody call me the other day and they want to know, they said, Hey, uh, preacher, I was talking with my family and I told them the coronavirus was a biblical plague. And they kind of didn't take me seriously. He said, is it a biblical plague? And I I told him, I said, well, I don't know about a biblical plague. It could be. I don't know. We can ask God in the end. But I do know this. It is definitely from God. You see, the coronavirus is a foretaste, just a foretaste of the pandemic that will be what we call the end times. We think people are losing their minds now. You wait until the second coming. This is but a foretaste of the pandemonium and the disease and the fear that people will have. You see, even Jesus referred to plagues in the future. In Luke 21, he talks about them being present in the last day. In Revelation 11, the two witnesses of Revelation have the power to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want to. Don't believe me? Read it in Revelation 11.6. And in Revelation 16, there are seven angels that will wield seven plagues in a series of final severe judgments upon this earth. 
So is this a biblical plague? Maybe. Is it from God? Absolutely. And so how do we know that? Well, if you look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 in your New Testament, Colossians 1, 16 through 17, we see this, and I hope you remember this, that nothing touches us that doesn't either come from or pass through God's hands. Nothing. Nothing happens to us or nothing does God allow to happen to us that doesn't go through his hands first. You don't believe me? Read Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. It says, For through him God created everything. And to me, when I read everything, that means, well, everything. In the heavenly realms and on earth. So God created everything that's in heaven and everything that we enjoy. And I fully believe that God created our puppy that's at home right now. And every, all, all of us can look at, at something that we love and say, well, you know, God created that because they are so special. But we also got to remember that God created the storms. God created the hard times so that we could be drawn back to him. And it says that he made the things we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities of the unseen world. There is an unseen world that Paul talks about, not only in this passage, but especially in Ephesians chapter 6, that there is a world that we are exposed to, but we do not see. But these days have changed the way a world thinks, haven't they? Just like 9-11 changed the, the United States and the way that we travel, the TSA, where you have to go through and get checked. We will, we will remember, at least this generation will remember the coronavirus and, and how it shut down the world for a month, two months. We don't know, but it is affecting the way that we live. So just, these days have changed the way we think. And a lot of things that we used to take for granted two weeks ago have fallen. The stock market fell, and it may rise again and fall, but consumer confidence is not high right now. The employment rate, I, I know for sure that, that we have some folks and no folks that are in the uh, food industry, especially cooks and waiters and servers, they're suffering right now. Also, our national health care, uh, the brave men and women that are in the hospitals and the doctor's offices that, that are, are treating people that are sick and, and taking the risk of bringing it home to themselves. I saw this morning a headline that, that already in South Carolina, I believe that there is one uh, health worker that has contracted the coronavirus. If that's not right, then please correct me on here in the comments. But a lot of the things we took for granted have fallen. And it is in God alone, God alone, who we must place our faith and trust in. And that's what these times show us. You see, if God told you today, he sat you down and he said today, this is what is happening in the world today. And this is what I'm doing in the world. And this is my purpose. We wouldn't believe it. We wouldn't believe all the things that God is doing. Just like in our lives, there are times where we feel like God is just out to get us sometimes. Or God is nowhere, but the truth is, He is in control. He's just doing things for us and to us that we don't understand in the moment. 
Yep. Do not think that God has given up. Do not think that God does not love you or love this earth. Do not think that God has written you off. Don't think that Jesus has not taken the wheel, so to speak. He hasn't. He still is on the throne. Those who know him must place their trust in him and him alone every day. So when everything falls and everything crumbles and everything shatters, we still know that he is there. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I believe I have hit rock bottom. And the only thing that has kept me up is knowing that not knowing what the future holds, but knowing that it's in God's hands. We have to remember that in these days. The next thing is, why do we know that? Why do we know that that God is in control? Because our next point, we can look in Second Chronicles chapter seven, verses thirteen through fifteen. Second Chronicles seven thirteen through fifteen. Fear draws those who love God or need Him to return to Him. Let me say that slower one more time so I can get it. Fear draws those who love God, like you and I. Or those who need the love of God, fear draws them to God. Second Chronicles seven thirteen through fifteen. I'm often asked if things like the coronavirus are sent by God to punish us. This could be difficult for some to hear, but let's take a biblical perspective of it. Don't take my word. Second Chronicles seven thirteen through fifteen in the Old Testament says, "At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls." Or command grasshoppers to devour the crops. Or plagues. Send plagues among you. But here's a verse that's part of that that you probably remember a lot. Or have heard a lot. It says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins. And restore their land. He says, my eyes will be open. My ears attentive to every prayer made in the palace. See, it's sometimes hard to imagine that our loving, merciful God would display such wrath and anger toward people. But understand this about God. When God punishes, God's punishments have the goal, have the goal of repentance and restoration. Just as a parent disciplines a child to teach them a lesson to keep them from doing something again. I don't know about you, but if you are walking down your driveway with your little son or daughter and they take they let go of your hand and they run to the street, you're going to chase them. You're going to have a talk with them and you're going to teach them why they shouldn't do that. God does the same thing with us. Through things like what we're going through. Many times we ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins. But the problem is, is that we want forgiveness, but we don't want to stop what we're doing. So how does someone return to God? I'm going to give you four steps. And it's right from the verse we just read. We must humble ourselves. What does humbling ourselves mean? It means admitting that, yes, I don't have it all together. I'm not in control. I trust you. I admit that I'm not all that I think I am, that, God, you are higher than me. And it takes praying and asking God to forgive us of our sins 
What is sin? I, I, I don't have enough uh, gigabytes on this computer or enough bandwidth to, to name all the sins that are out there. But basically, sin means that we are missing the mark. We are missing God's mark. We are not living according to biblical principles. And we must confess that. And we must seek God above all else. And then repent is the hard part. Repent, meaning to turn, turn, change direction from the sinful behavior that we have. This shows how serious we are. Uh, There was a man that was under conviction during a sermon, and he walked down front, and he was talking to the pastor. And this man had come down front before many times. And the man started praying, Lord, may you take the cobwebs out of my life. And about that time, the preacher interrupted him and said, yes, God, and killed the spider. You see, so many times we're trying to get forgiveness of the cobwebs, the effects of sin, when the truth is is that we need to take the source to Jesus. Well, the next passage I want to share with you as we begin to start coming to a close here is that we have to remember in all of this, even Jesus says this, that in John 16.33, through Jesus we are overcomers. We are overcomers. It says in 1633 of John, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. That's why so many Christians right now are not going nuts. It doesn't mean that we're not taking this seriously. It doesn't mean that we're not washing our hands. I mean, shoot, you're watching church from your computer. Some of you are in your pajamas. I know it. And that's okay. But the truth of the matter is, is that This is a different day. I never dreamed two weeks ago that I'd have to have a computer and do a live stream. And that's okay. We're not losing our stuff because God is in control. And as this verse says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you have many trials and many sorrows. But take heart. If I could give a virtual amen, I would. But take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Those are the words of Jesus Christ. And so if we are a follower of Jesus Christ, he is an overcomer. Therefore, we can overcome this world. No matter what happens to us, no matter what virus we get, no matter what takes us out of this world, because someday something will take us out of this world. It doesn't stop there in the ground. Because we are overcomers. The same Jesus that resurrected from the dead. We will resurrect in the same way. He showed us. He overcame so that those who believe in him for salvation can overcome as well. I might get to preaching here in a minute. But there are many fears that easily take hold of our peace. They test our faith and increase our doubts. But folks, we must not panic God is in control. If you are a Christian and you are panicking and you are causing fear among people, you are not sharing a good witness. We have to be wise. We don't need to discount this. But we have to know that our faith is in God. We have to know that God will give the doctors and the nurses and the first responders and the scientists and all these people the knowledge that they need to treat this. He will send the weather that we need in his time to help knock this out. God cares for America. God cares for China, Japan, and Italy. All of these places that are infected by this. And ministry is still going on. 
We need to use wisdom and common sense. Avoid exposures. Wash your hands. Look for opportunities in ministry. The bottom line is, folks, if the coronavirus doesn't get us, <laughs> something eventually will. Because all of us have an expiration date. Now, we can't see it and we don't know it, thankfully. But we all have an expiration date. So use this time of fear to speak peace into the lives of people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, we're taking this seriously as a family, but we know that we're going to take the steps that have been given to us, but we're going to trust Jesus in this. And that's why we're not freaking out. As a believer in Jesus, you have the cure of the worst virus in the world, and that is sin, because sin will take people to hell. And if we have the, the cure, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, don't you think we ought to share it? I believe somebody would be really upset if they knew there was a group of scientists that had the cure, the antidote to the coronavirus, and they didn't let it out. That would be really wrong. Well, it's just as wrong for us not to tell people about Jesus for the cure to eternity, which is forgiveness of sin. So the title of this message was, where is God in the coronavirus? Well, my friends, I would have to say he's right in the middle of it. He's right in the middle of it. He is in control. Why did he let it happen? I do not know. Why did he let people die? I do not know. But I know this, that we live in a fallen, broken, sinful world. One day this world will pass away. And God will resurrect this ball of dirt into the new heaven and the new earth. But until then, we need to have hope, not fear, and trust God is in control. So as we come to the close of this, how can we at Homeland Park Baptist Church pray for you? Are your fears getting the best of you? I know all of you got somebody in your family that's watching the news nonstop and updating you every time you see them. We all have those people in our family. Yeah, I see some lights there. I guess I'll take that as an amen. But the truth of the matter is, is that don't let the fears get the best of you. Do you feel as if you're out of control? Is God telling you this morning or whenever you're watching this, that it's time to start trusting God either for the first time or maybe the next time. Do you need to repent and get forgiveness of your sins? Has this coronavirus shown you that you are not the, the pilot of your own life? You've got to make choices. You've got to answer for them. But I do believe there is a higher power. Some people will say, ah, that old religion stuff is just a crutch. Maybe, but I've been walking on that crutch for many years. Maybe God is telling you today that he has not forgotten you, that he loves you. And maybe you find God in the midst of the coronavirus. You see, he loves you. And he was reminding all of us to return to him today. Pray for those that are working with and those that are working on the coronavirus this event will forever change the way the world thinks. And finally, place your faith in God. Be wise and share the hope of Jesus with others. So at the conclusion of this, I'm going to just have a prayer. And, and if God has moved in your heart and you want to get forgiveness of your sins, 
I'm going to lead everybody in a prayer. And if you pray that prayer, feel free to reach out to me. Or if you're not a member of our church, you're a member of another church, contact your pastor and let them know what you heard and what you want to do. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time together. And I pray that if there's anyone that is in earshot of this message, either live or on a rebroadcast, that, Lord, if you use this to move someone's heart to return to you, may they do it today. And if that's you today, I just want you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I admit that my sin has been against you. I pray that you forgive me of my sins. I pray that your son Jesus comes into my heart and makes me clean. And from this day forward, I will repent from my sin and I choose to follow you with all of my life. For it's in your name I pray. Amen. Now, my friend, if you pray that and you meant it, please either send a message through our Facebook page. My email address is on our website. It'll come to me. I will get it. If you have a church home or a pastor you trust or a friend you trust, talk to them. But you never know. Today might be the day. That you found your salvation in Jesus. And for many here today that are Christians and just are, are maybe reevaluating some things, you, know, you don't have to walk down an aisle to recommit your life. You can recommit your life to God right now through prayer. And just say, God, I'm not what I was. I'm not what I should be. I confess that to you and ask for your spirit to empower me to do that. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. There will be a rebroadcast on our Facebook page. I'll put this on our um, our website as well. And our plan is is that we'll do this again next week. Uh, we are monitoring our Facebook page. And so if you have any interaction or if you have any needs, please call or email. And uh, we sure do miss being together. But it is sure great to see all these people popping on on this worship service. I uh, am so thankful for our church. I'm so thankful for our people. And, and just one last tidbit. If you uh, were not able to come by the church this morning and drop off an offering, if you still want to do that, we do have online giving set up now through a, a company called Tithely. And if you want the link, you can look at the top right of our Facebook page, or there's also a giving tab on our website at www.homelandparkbc.org. God is faithful during this time. He's going to be faithful to you. And he's going to be faithful to us. And though we can't be together physically, uh, we will read every message. We will pray every prayer. And we will do what we can during this time to be the church. Again, not within these walls, but outside the walls. If you have a need, let us know. If you have somebody that has a need, let us know. We will do the best that we can. So thank you so much for worshiping with us today. And I am looking at these Long lines of people that I'm going to have to go back later and see everybody that joined us. Love everybody on that list. Thanks for being here. Go get some lunch. You can always call it in. A lot of restaurants are doing a great job with accommodating that. If you don't have anything to eat, give me a call. I'll bring you something. Uh, It's good to see you all and talk to you later. Bye.